But guys, it's it's great to be here. I know we've got quite a few guys away this weekend, um, but the Lord is here, yeah. and that's Amen. the most important thing. Amen. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna go for it, and we've just been away on a, a leaders retreat um, up in Hell. Uh, hell. Hell. How do you guys say it? Hell. 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 When South Africans say it, everyone thinks we're going to hell. Like, your leaders are really anointed, you know. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, we're plundering hell, guys. That's why we're going. But, um, you know, we went up, up north, and we just had a weekend away. And uh, one, of, one of the core values we have is about being a relational church, about being a church that's built on being real and relational and radical. And one of the things that I found is that when we went for our time away, just the joy it is to be on a journey together as brothers and sisters in Christ, taking the kingdom of heaven seriously and actually building our lives around these core values of the kingdom is actually, it works. And the joy it is, and I know that there are people in this room who God's raising up and bringing through in capacity and leadership in Mm. heart for God. And I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in this church. But it takes ordinary people like us taking hold of kingdom truth and saying, actually, I want to live this thing. I want to give my life for something greater and bigger than myself. Amen. Amen. So we are, are excited for what God's doing. God's spoken to us. But also, I want to encourage you that this journey ahead of us is going to take resilience. It's going to take faith. It's going to take something more than just attending a Sunday church, being like, hey, I'm just going to rock up at church and just spectate. No, 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 no. No spectators in this church. Sorry for you. Uh, We want participants. We want people who want to play. Amen. You want to get involved, get your hands dirty. And sometimes that will mean me kicking you off the boat. You might be like, Dylan, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Great. Get off the boat. Let's do this. Let's take the kingdom of heaven seriously. Amen. Amen. And you might be like, I'm just not there. Sometimes, ask anyone in this room. I'll put you in uncomfortable situations. Not because I want to make you uncomfortable. Actually, part of it is that. But the other part is, I want to see you reach your full potential in Jesus. Amen. Yeah, amen. And I don't know about you, but just sitting on a Sunday is not going to get you there. It's not. A radical relationship with Jesus is the only thing that's going to get you to where he wants you. And that is the key part of what I'm going to talk about today. But I'm, we're going to jump in. In Joshua chapter 1, I don't know where, how I'm going to link these two, but I felt the Lord speaking into them. But Joshua chapter 1, if you can turn there, I shared it a bit over the weekend. But then we're going to jump to John 15. But Joshua chapter 1, amen. Who enjoyed Dan last week? Yeah. What a champion. I dig that guy. He is yeah. a legend. He is a great friend. But he is. Um, we need to be praying for him. God's really using him. And raising him up. And I love that guy because when the Lord leads him, he goes. Yeah. You know, like, I'll phone him like, Dan, where are you? I remember he phoned me in December. Like, Dill, you want to come to Mexico with me in like two weeks? I'm like, Dan, I'm having a baby. Uh, bro, come on, man. And he's like, oh, sorry, I forgot. You know, I'm like, why are you going to Mexico? I oh, know the Lord, you know, this mission, go and get some sun and surf and then share Jesus. I'm like, dude, that's what I'm talking about. That radical relationship with Jesus. Sun, surf and Jesus. Come on. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, I've shared this before, but 1 verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Can you say get ready? Get ready. To cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. And he goes through their territory. But in verse 6, he says, be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Can you say be strong? Be strong. Can you say be courageous? Be courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you to do. Do not turn to it from the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Mm. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. How many of you get the point that he's trying to emphasize something in these verses? What do you think he's emphasizing? Be strong and courageous. You guys are so clever. Come on. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you for your own. Yeah. Come on. And he jumps in and he talks about the, uh, well, the Reubenites, Galats, half the tribe of Manasseh. He said, remember that they wanted to settle on the other side of the river, but they said, you have to go in and fight with your brothers to bring freedom for them before you can come and rest in your own inheritance. Yeah. And the Lord is this, there's something about this thing of going on a journey together in tribes and helping brothers and sisters take hold of their inheritance mm. that God's wanting to emphasize to us. Um, but then later on in Joshua, um, he said, talks about break camp. Take, it's time to go in and take your inheritance. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you grip us right now by the power of your spirit. Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 How many of you enjoy that scripture? Just so simple. So simple. And every single one of you has an inheritance to take for the Lord. We've been speaking on this quite a bit. But here's the reality. Not every one of you will walk into it unless you make a conscious decision to do it. Unless you actually decide, I'm going to lead my life into what God's called me into. You want to know why? Because this culture will try and derail you, distract you, and destroy you from the inheritance God's got for you. That's what this culture's aim is to do. What your friend's aim isn't generally, I mean, depending on your mate, they're not like, hey, let me try and get you into your God-given inheritance. A lot of the time we have these friendships that actually derail us from the kingdom of God because we're not actually taking the seriously and saying we need to lead our lives into the purposes and plans of God. And if we dart careful with this, you'll find yourself 40, 50 years down the line looking back at your life and thinking, what have I just done with my life? Have I just wasted the entire thing and missed the whole plan of God for me? Like, what a tragedy. And I was saying to our leadership team, guys, the decisions we make today in our marriages, we were being very intentional. If we don't sort these things out, they will derail our future inheritance. Yeah. If we don't actually take these things seriously and say, oh, you know, I, I found it so funny. People just think great marriages happen. <laughs> Thanks, Danny, for that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> you know how great marriages happen? By intentional investing in them. Yeah. 
And you know the, the marriages I aspire to, I look up to, those people have laid down their lives to one another, they've sown into them. And what we have is this consumeristic society where we think, oh, everything just happens instantly. Mm. We watch instant, you know, I don't know, instant family I was going to say, but that didn't make any sense. Um, what's that thing called? Love is blind. Who's watched it? Raise your hand. Confession time. Alice, thank you very much. Anna, Chloe, <laughs> Becky, we know the love is blind. You know, this whole dating thing where they don't see each other on the side of the wall and they talk to all these different partners and then suddenly they, get, they choose one of their partners, they propose without seeing their partner. So the test is to see, is love blind? And it got so crazy because the one guy's like, um, it, it, it gets past you know, the thing, and they end up fighting basically on their honeymoon. They go on this beautiful honeymoon, everything's idyllic. The one guy's like, oh, I'm actually attracted to guys as well as girls, but he forgot to tell her that in the dating stage. So she got a bit upset through the ring in there, they swearing at each other, love is blind, it must be great. And then you see all these other things where, I've, I've, the only reason I'm thinking of Love is Blind because I saw that their new episodes on, on Netflix. But anyway, um, not that I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm not watching it, guys. I'm just being honest. But here's the deal. is For some couples, it worked. Because remember, arranged marriages actually worked. You know where the lowest divorce rate in the world is? India. There are a number of reasons for that. One of them is, you know, but the other one is you can't really, you know, divorce in certain situations. But we, we won't go there. Where the, do you know where the highest divorce rate is? No, Russia. Russia. Yeah, it's over eighty percent. Wow. Yeah, those Russian men, eh? But here's the thing: is the Lord? Here's the thing about love and this journey of friendship and relationship that I'm wanting to emphasize is that. To love each other intentionally actually takes effort. Mm. It actually takes investment. Yeah. To think that, oh, I'm just going to get the, the one girl always talked about, oh, I've got, I haven't got the butterflies for him, the butterflies. And then she treats mm. him like rubbish and he treats her like rubbish. I'm like, you're not going to get the, the butterflies are dead. Those butterflies are going to be dead. You've just stamped on those butterflies. You know, if, uh, people think, do you know where the most common year of divorce is seven or eight years around there? That's statistically where most people get divorced. Why? Because by that point, you've seen each other's worst, you've seen each other's best, and you are bored with one another. And what do you think? Oh, it must be better on the other side. The grass is green on the other side. Why? Because this whole cultural thing that we have of consumerism is what can I get from something rather than what can I give? And what we have with friendships, relationships in our society today is it's all about consumerism and instantaneous satisfaction. It's like we go, I, I'm not even going to lie to you, like I, I, on our way back today, I, I just thought, man, I need two of those mini KFC burgers. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those mini Philip burgers, no lettuce, just mayo. That, that is, heaven on earth is right there. Amen. It's like, and Anna's in the car, and this was my excuse. I'm just going to have a little confession. I need to confess. I was like, I really need to use the toilet, um, so we're going to pull over here. And I said, can't we just go home? And I did actually need the loot, just saying. Like, we were 20 minutes away from home, and I'm like, but there's a KFC there. So I thought, this was my plan. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to run in, get the burgers, go to the toilet, come back. And the burgers will be ready, you know, like order them and it will just work like clockwork and I'll still be happy. I'll get in there, have my KFC. Jesus is in the car. Let's go. You know, that's what I was thinking. I walk in there. Guess what? 
there was one person already using the machine to order the KFC burgers. What do you do? I had to leave without the burgers. I, as I, I might as well use the toilet because I'm here, but I mean, I've got to leave. This is going to take too long. There's someone in front of me. What is the world coming to? Our society today, it's like McDonald's. Me and Gary do, did this trick where we like, went, this is our trick. Get the KFC burgers, the McDonald's chips. Like, that is how you do this, right? So what we did is at Westcroft, you have the KFC where you can go through the drive-thru, then you go to McDonald's. But we made the mistake once of going to McDonald's first and KFC second because KFC is slower. And then McDonald's is just like, I don't know how they do it, but they do it and it's quick. And you just go through that drive-thru and your chips are there. Like, fantastic. Let's go for it. But here's the reality, is if it takes a little bit longer, what do we do? Yeah. We're like, oh, terrible service. My goodness, what is this? Is fast food? Might as well go make my own food. Like, what is going on here? <laughs> you see, the, the, the thing in our culture is we want everything instantaneous like that. We don't want to wait for anything. And when it comes to the kingdom of God and the journey that we're on, there are going to be times of waiting on God where we actually are, Lord, I need you to prepare my heart. I need you to stir things up in my soul. And I can't just rush through this drive-thru and I pick up my God time on a Sunday. I'm going to take my little bag of Jesus and then I'm going to you know, come up and get refilled again on the go on a Sunday and then live my life the way I wanted to live. That's not how it works. Jesus wants us in the kitchen with him. He wants us like, walking with him in a journey of love and going into an inheritance that he's got laid out for us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come on. Be strong and courageous. Chloe, well done tonight. Hey. Come on. Let's give faith. Well, it takes strength and courage. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah. Hey, yeah. no need to be nervous. That's uh, the Lord. But when you step into something new, were you nervous? Yes. Good. <laughs> Because the only way we're going to walk into our inheritance is when we face our nerves and our fears and we say, actually, that's not going to define me and keep me from what God's calling me to. Yeah. Yeah. Your fears of people needs to be conquered. Emotions are poor leaders. How many of you allow your emotions to lead you? How many of you are like, my emotions are just always so good to me? <laughs> like, those emotion things, like, they are just so kind to me. My emotions just have got my back all the time. I don't know about you. I, my emotions are not a good friend. I said this before. If, if you had a friend who lied to you as much as your emotions do, would you still be friends with them? Your emotions will, get, will rob you of your inheritance. They will not take you into it if you're not careful. Because every single... Again, we have this, this cultural perception... That I'm just going to feel great and everything's going to be great. I'm going to feel like worshiping Jesus every Sunday. i tell you something. I won't lie to you. Getting here today, the last thing I felt like doing is singing, raising my hands. But guess what? I've made a decision not to allow my emotions to lead me, but I've decided to lead my emotions and say, I will raise a hallelujah even when I don't feel like it. Did you see? These guys are tired. They're tired, but they're here and they're going for it because that's what Jesus has called them to. They're not allowing their, if you, if you listen to your emotions today, what would you be doing right now? In bed. Um, <laughs> I'll be there we go, Tim. Thank you very much. Well, as I said, we were going to be a real church. We're just going to get authentic with it. But your emotions are never going to allow you to occupy the land that God's called you to walk into. Never. But here, here's the deal, and, and I love this scripture because 
One of the things people ask me about sometimes is, do we believe in like voting and church life? And the answer is no. And, and, and <laughs> just to clarify, just in case anyone's confused, if, if you have a problem with that, that's okay. We can talk about it, but um, yeah, we just don't. Uh, the reason is, can you imagine in this scripture, if the people had a vote about whether to break the camp that they knew where they were safe and go into the inheritance that God called them into, where they're giants and they don't even know what's going to be there. What do you think they would do? Let's have a referendum. Remain, remain <laughs> or leave? <laughs> Guess what? The Remainers would probably win. Now, I'm not going to stir up politics now. But here's <laughs> who voted leave? No, I'm just kidding. Here's the thing. that In this situation, the Israelites would have been like, no chance, Moses. No way we're going into our inheritance. We'd rather stick with what we know than go into what you're calling us into. Because as people, we fear the unknown. We fear going into something where we're uncomfortable. You might even be in this church and you, I, I don't even know what this church is about. Are they a cult? Aren't they a cult? I don't know. Here's the thing. We're not a cult, firstly. Secondly, is we love Jesus. And you might be uncomfortable sitting there like, oh, I don't know. They, they sing a bit crazily. Like, is this, you know, what is this all about? Like, what are they going after? What is it? You might be uncomfortable. The good part about that is that God works in your uncomfortable moments and shows you his comfort. Mm. And sometimes if you just sit in a Sunday service and you feel comfortable the whole time, we're doing something wrong. Mm. So I want to blow up the Sunday service if we need to, not physically, but in the spiritual, and say, actually, it's time for us to break out of our comfort zones. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. And it takes faith. And it takes fear being put to the backside and saying, actually, I'm going to walk in faith rather than fear. Amen. Amen. Come on, guys. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Okay, we got a few. That's awesome. Are you guys with me on this side? Oh, thanks, Eden, for that. Yes, that's really good. Come on. Relational integrity is one of the things. So we have a testimony for next week that's going to rock you. It's going to rock you. The guy that's going to share it, he's going to be a... Um, just, just to share a testimony of what happened this week. We've been pressing into this thing about the presence of God coming in and seeing healing and restoration. Mm-hmm. And I was just so encouraged this week by something that happened in someone's life. But I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. So That's little punt here, be here next week. Or else you won't hear it. But yeah, it, it, it's powerful. God is starting to do some awesome stuff. Yeah. That we, yeah. we, you might be sitting there thinking, Dylan, is it happening? It's starting to happen. Yeah. And I want to encourage you that God's going to start doing things in your life in the middle of your room, at home, wherever you're at, God's coming to you, my friend, Amen. and He's going to change your life. Amen. Amen. Come on. But we, we're on a journey of being missional and relational. And I want to emphasize this thing of friendship with God. And in John chapter 15, Jesus talks about, oh man, this is good. This is good stuff. Can you say this is good? This is good. Oh man, it's gonna, this is going to be good. Um, greater love, John 15, 13. Greater love has known than this, and that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends, for everything I learned from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. How many of you have a friend... He, he, you, just, you just love, you die for. Mm. Anyone? Yeah. 
few of you? Some of you like uh, the die part uh, there. Now, I, I, I have genuine friends that I would die for, right? You know, right here in this room. There. I, I like to think I'd die for all of you, but I don't know. You know, I, I'm going to be honest, you know, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to be real with you. Like, I don't know. Elizabeth, I, I'd like to say, yeah, I'm going to die. No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, Anna's your cousin. I'm not, yeah, come on. No, but, I mean, Anna and Maya grades 100%, I, I'm ready. You know, like, well, let's come, I'm jumping in front. But um, here, here's the reality. is <laughs> Jesus talks about greater love has known than this, and that he laid down his life for his friends. That sacrificial love. Tell me where that fits into our cultural perception of friendship today. Where friendship's just, what can I get from you, not what can I give to you? Friendship's all about what you can gain rather than what you can give. Yeah. And we bring that into the church world. And I want to break that because I want to say, what would it look like if we had ordinary people like us laying down our lives for one another? Yeah. Saying, actually, I want to serve you. I want to help you. I know with Brad's car, they had a nightmare with that. But I know Alan got involved in that. I know Tim got involved in that. I think Will got involved in that. <laughs> Trying to fix a car. <laughs> laying down their lives for one another. That's the gospel. I know we were in... Um, up, well, in hell. Um, I, I don't know how you Brits speak, eh? Hell. 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 Yeah, I feel like I'm in Israel. Hell. There we go. Is that... You, you understand. We, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. But yeah, here's the thing. We were up in, up in hell, and we were walking. So on our last Leaders' Day retreat... And I'm still trying to work out what God's saying through the situation. But we come and we're about to go into this restaurant. And as I turn around, I just see, you know, you can just see chaos. Mm. Like people like going, chasing somebody. I see Willem and Tim running. And I'm like, what is going on? And the first thing I thought is my two friends might be in trouble. Mm. That, that's the first thought. Now, Willem and me go back a long way in South Africa. We've had some hair-raising moments together. And I'm not talking just Christian moments. I'm talking about some, we were still on a process of discipleship and conforming to the image of Jesus. But I, I want to say this. Willem seen me get angry and he's, I've seen him, you know, we've, we've been through a lot. But when I saw Willem and um, Tim running, I was like, man, I, I, I'm there. I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm there. I've got their backs no matter what. I, as a pastor, I'm going to confess. I'll be there no matter what. And what had happened was a street preacher was preaching and these, this crowd had grabbed this Bible and were running. Now, talk about like a God moment, right, to be in the midst of something. And ran and they threw it into this pond, river. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not, I don't struggle with anger, but there is, a, there is a line where people cross a line where you kind of want to cross that line back. Do you know, yeah. does anyone know what I'm saying? And so, Willem and Tim, I still don't know what's going on. Like, there's this crowd, they shouting, everything's like chaos. Willem jumps, like, into this pond thing to grab the Bible. And, like, I don't know why Willem jumped into it. It's like a sewerage pond. And Willem's, Willem's redeeming the word, and he's bringing the word out. And I'm, I'm like, there, and I grab this guy, and you can just see, like, the, the guy's down. I put my arm around, I'm like, dude, come on, just, just leave it. We, we gotta go, because this crowd's chasing him now. Like, you got this bunch of young kids, some older guys, whatever. And we, we're walking with this guy, and it's just chaos. And I'm like, 
And then the, they start having a go at us. Now, Willem took the brunt of it. I, I won't even lie to you. Mama and Willem took the brunt of this whole situation. But, uh, like, we're not afraid of conflict, just to say. Like, as, as two individuals, uh, Tim as well, you, you had to cover I, I'm a bit afraid of conflict. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, all I thought is, this was, I know this is so ungodly, but I'm going to confess. Can I be honest? I was like, I was like, Willem, just remember the rule. I go low, you go high. And you know that, that, that was a thought. Like from our from our young days, when we got into hairy situations, that was our rule. Like one of us goes low, one goes high, and you hit as hard as you can, and you drop them. That that was like the rule. So this was your. This is as a Christian. I'm th I know these thoughts are bad, but they're coming through my mind. And we walk into the middle of the square, and I'm trying to calm the situation. Like, dude, and they all they sh this one girl comes up right in my face. You are defending. Why are you protecting a guy who is um, homophobic and racist. Why are you doing that? And I said, so, sorry, like, what did he say? Like, t tell me what he said. Like, I don't know, but he's racist and homophobic. <laughs> like, you, you don't know, but you caught, like, you literally, hey, I said, sorry, do you, do you see yourself as tolerant? Not towards racism and homophobia. I was like, wow. Oh, oh. And, and he's the hater. And, and you... And now that obviously winds up. Then they get, they get in and fill I honestly thought he was going to get hit by a bunch of girls. I was going to laugh. But anyway, is, <laughs> but poor Willem's there. And they're like, why did you take his Bible? Why did you get his Bible out? Like, it's kicking off. Like, full on, in this square, your leadership team on the front lines for Jesus. But poor Willem's taking the brunt. And I just see Willem trying to calm the situation down. And I'm like... I'm just saying to this guy, look, man, there's a time and place you have to sometimes shake the dust off and you need to walk. You know, it's just we're not going to get anywhere here. This, I, I know you want to take a stand, but this guy was not having it. You know, one of those guys, like, it's stubborn as anything. man. And, I'm, and then these other guys are jumping in. And I'm just like, look, there's no need for this. Like, you guys can disagree, but you don't have to get violent about it. You know, and people start, like, pushing and all of that. That's just out of hand. But what I found so interesting, it was, like, it was uncomfortable. You lose your appetite when you're in those yeah. situations because you see such a blindness of culture, yeah. Yeah. such a blindness of people. Where one, and the, the funny part is there were people in that crowd who agreed with him but wouldn't stand with him. There was that, that kind of thing of, hey, and we still don't know what he said. This is the thing that's hard. And I say, he might not have said it in the best way. I'm not defending that. But what I'm saying, you have a freedom to express your belief system. There's freedom of speech. Yeah. Come on. But here's the reality. Is we're in a society that is hostile to the gospel. Yeah. It's hostile. Yeah. I mean, literally, the police come. We had to call the police. It got to that point, And guess who gets put in the van? Yeah. The preacher. Not one person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if Willem got arrested, that would have been brave. Face imprisonment rights. But here's the, here's the deal. It's the preacher gets put in, not one person who assaulted him got arrested. Yeah. We're standing there like, hey, and Zal's like a lawyer, fill on, I'm ready to take them on. Yeah. Not one person asked for her opinion, no. for a witness statement, nothing. Cameras everywhere, and yet the Christian guy gets put on and wheeled away. Yeah. This is the culture that we live in, friends. And if you think it's just going to be easy to stand for your views and, and stand in the kingdom of God, you have got another thing coming for you. Yeah. Now, what I'm saying is, it was amazing because we actually ended up having a good chat with some of the people afterwards. A lesbian couple and us had a really good chat. What, they're like, that's not right. They shouldn't be pushing them. Great. 
You know, like we're on the same page. We had, I said, look, I disagree with you. We disagree with each other. That's cool. But it doesn't mean we have to assault each other. Mm. Now, the kingdom is breaking out on this day. And we asked ourselves, we're like, Lord, what are you trying to say to us as a team here? Because I was uncomfortable. Like everything within me wanted to go old school, like pre-Christian days. Then I was like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're going to be self-controlled, holy, love Jesus. We're going to love these people. But man, it was hard. Yeah. I wouldn't even lie. It was hard. But the reality is Jesus calls us to love in the midst of a world that hates. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How many of you know that Jesus is your friend? Mm. That he's actually with you. Watching that guy, he's getting thrown up. Jesus is with him. Yeah. Jesus is with us as your best friend. Mm. And friendship with God requires making a history with God. Yeah. You can't just be friends over text, guys. Mm. Yeah. This, this modern day generation... Oh man, can I, can I do it? Am I going to be? How is it people are asking each other out over text? Can, can I? Did Tim do it? Yes. Tim! Snapchat! Snapchat! Confession time! Off the lead. No, Dave. Yeah, it's a deal. This whole modern thing of like social media, running our lives, asking each other out, breaking up with each other over text. Can I just say, I'm not, I, don't know any, I don't really know people's history of dating and all of that too much. I mean, I know some of you, but please don't do that. Have some courage. Be strong and courageous. We have an inheritance. I'd love for every lady in this room to be set free. If a guy asks you out over text, say no. Say no. <laughs> Make him work. Make him get some flowers. Make him knock on the door. Make him buy you something. Make him do something else rather than just, hey, you want to meet up? Like, what is that? And then you're like, oh, he must like me because he's like, hello, hello. Like, what is that? Come on, guys. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, know. No. I, as you can see, me and Anna, we, we have a standard like heart, you know, XX. It's like we, we've got our style. We just decided earlier. But here's the reality. We need some face-to-face -face human interaction, guys. Yeah. This whole thing of trying to build friendships over social media is dangerous. Because I know people who are great on, you know, text, and then you meet them. Like, who is this person? Why? Because we, we, we've learned a language on something where this face-to-face -face thing is so important. I encourage everyone I mentor, I'm like, hey, go and deal with it face to face. If you have an issue with someone, don't text them. Yeah. You know why? You can't understand and hear context. Do you know how much of your communication is body language and tone? Yeah. Then you're going to get a text. Oh, I sent them a voice note. Well done. Go and see them. <laughs> Come on, have some courage. Do you know how long... I mean, how many of you are just great with making friends and you just say, I've got this down? Some of you are. Some of you are great. I'm not, I'm not like digging at you but some of you won't you'll struggle and in church life it can be a hard thing but you need to invest time did you know how long do you think is it that it takes to make a friend to have someone as a casual friend about 50 hours 50 hours spending time with somebody crazy studies done on the social interactions how many hours do you think before you become real friends? This is kind of like your modern-day dating thing. We were talking to someone about this on the way. Is um, 
this whole thing about you can see someone but not be boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, I still don't get that, but I'm going to go with it. Um, but 90 hours before you become real friends. 90 hours. That's like watching Lord of the Rings 30 times. That's crazy. And about 200 hours to become close friends. You know what that tells me? It takes time investment to become good friends. And if we're going to build church on a relational model, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. And you know, sometimes that time can be boring. Sometimes it's just like doing something you don't even enjoy doing together. And it's like, hey, we're just going to do this. But it's an investment. Playing football together, kicking each other in the shins, whatever it is, that's called building friendship. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. And I just want to encourage us, guys, that as a church, we really are pressing into this thing of saying we want to live our lives together, that friendships won't be built on consumerism, just what can we get, but rather on genuine, genuine desire for friendship and relationship. That we'd have challenging friendships where we challenge one another, like, yo, sort that out, Will. You know, the Bible says wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. You know, sometimes you think your friends are your friends just because they tell you what you want to hear. You know what that is sometimes? A coward. The reality is my, my closest friends are people who tell me some sore things sometimes. And it can be painful, but it's the best thing. Why? Because I value those friendships enough to have those challenging conversations. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. The quality of loyalty is something that we've lost in our day. And I want to challenge us as a church to say that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I want to build relationships that last the test of time. I want to be friends with you in 40, 50 years' time, wherever true life is, wherever the church is multiplied across the world, that we could see each other and just be like, hey, what's up? Yo, what's God doing? You know, those friendships that just stick the test of time. That's what I want to invest my life in. Because I won't lie to you, I hate wasting time. I hate it. I literally, I can't think of anything worse than wasting time just building temporal friendships. What is the point? I'd rather invest and build solid foundations and say, let's build a friendship that will go through the test of this journey and take us into our inheritance as sons and daughters of God and change the world forever and all eternity. And one day in heaven, when I've got my biggest mansion ever, and I'm just like chilling there and you next door, whatever it is, and however it works, I don't know how the room arrangement works. And I'm like, you knock on my door. I'm like, yo, what's up? We are going to go play some golf now, and I'm going to win because it's perfection, so it's always holes in one all the time. That might be quite boring. I don't know. But we're going to rock it. And can you imagine like, in eternity just being there and being brothers and sisters for all eternity? That's what we're building, guys. I don't know what else you know, this is for. We say we're building relationships that will bring the glory of God onto the earth, and we'll go into the glory of God in all eternity together. That's what I want to be a part of. Amen. So, guys, I'll end there. Father, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your word. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that the friendships in this room would grow, would form, would be nurtured, and that we'd go into our promised inheritance together. Lord, that as we break camp and we say, Lord, we are moving forward. Lord, we want to lay down our lives for one another. We want to take a bullet for one another. And Lord Jesus, I pray for just a unity in this church, a love in this church to serve one another. And Father, I pray primarily a friendship with you, Lord. 
that we could walk in intimacy with our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.